This episode of the Mesh Point Podcast will be our last for Season 3. We want to thank the many coaches who have downloaded and listened to the podcast this year. We also want to thank our sponsors, GameStrat and Just Play Solutions. We hope everyone has a great clinic season, and we look forward to Season 4 this spring. Coaches, welcome to the uh, Mesh Point podcast. Today we got a special guest with us, uh, Del Bottomley, uh, from across the pond here uh, over in England. And um, I'm excited to uh, have Coach on. Matter of fact, uh, it's early in the morning. It's nine o'clock here uh, uh, over in, in the <laughs> states. And Coach, it's mid afternoon for you, right? Yeah, it's two o'clock over here. We've just had lunch, so uh, yeah, it's a little bit later on than you guys. Yeah, well, I, I had to make this happen, and I know we both got a lot going on in the next week or two. So uh, I wanted to make sure we get this one in. This is this is this is awesome. You, you sent me some video. We met each other on Twitter, and you sent me some video of what you guys are doing. I just got so excited, man. Uh, you know, we're all about the triple option football, and then we're so excited with what you guys got going on over uh, over in England, man. So uh, let's uh, welcome to the program first of all, Coach, and uh, it's great to have you. Uh, on this episode, uh, maybe start out by giving us uh, some of your background, where you're from, if you played, and maybe your coaching coaching, coaching journey. Sure, yeah. So um, I'm based in uh, a city called Leeds in uh, the county of Yorkshire in England. It's, if you look at the map, it's kind of middle middle to north. Um, it's a big, pretty big university. We've got about 30,000 students here. Um, personally, I started uh, in the sport when I was at my first year at university, so that was about 10 years ago now, and the team started up in my first year. Um, I played for four years and then gradually moved into coaching. So the sport's not very developed in terms of the schools, like high schools and uh, elementary schools here. Um, so I decided to start my own academy and try and bring the sport to a younger generation. So I did that for a year or two. Then the university saw that that was going well, and maybe they can incorporate that in their programs and have students coach the kids and make it more of a full pathway rather than just me. Um, so we did that, and um, I'm lucky enough to work here full-time in the sport and uh, not just coach the university team, but also have an impact on the larger uh, part of the sport with kids and uh, and some adults that have finished playing at university as well. So, yeah, we've got football for every age, every gender. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome at the moment. We want to keep growing that and, and keep developing it. Um, in terms of option football, um, it goes way back. So I played in the system when I was a, when I was a quarterback. Uh, we had a couple of coaches from the U.S. come over, and um, they kind of taught us how to play. And then I fell in love with the way that that was uh, of of how that style of play works. And um, I kind of carried that on into my coaching, and uh, it seems to be going pretty well for us at the moment. Oh, that's awesome, coach. Um, Coach, talk about somebody maybe you, learned, uh, you leaned on as a mentor over the years uh, that 
to help you grow as a coach? Maybe one of those guys that um, you learn the offense from, and uh, maybe uh, or just somebody you basically lean on if you if you're having issues or troubles that uh, you'll you'll bend their ear a little bit and then uh, see how maybe they would handle it. Sure. Yeah. So we have uh, I'd say three three coaches. Um, there's coach coach uh, David Needs, who's a retired high school teacher. He he played uh, he coached in the north. Uh, of the U.S. and in Philadelphia and Delaware um, for 30, 40 years, and his uh, his companion um, and his his coaching friend, uh, Coach Don Bombetti, um, he uh, been brilliantly coming over to the U.K. and helping us here at the university. So they came over when I was a player, and they've, they've come over every autumn or so uh, to come help us install the offense each year and um, and give us some tips. And and as that journey's developed, um, they step back a little bit more as we developed as coaches. So it's it's nice to see now that I can give them some ideas that they haven't thought about before. Um, and so it's awesome to see that progression. And the, the, the third coach that um, has helped me a lot is, is, is David Needs' son, Coach Needs Jr. He's at Carson Newman. Um, he was a football coach there for a number of years and a former Africa assistant coach of the year, I believe. Um, but they used to look back beer over there. So I went over there a couple of years ago and he's been a great mentor to me. He actually coaches uh, track and field now and he's done some great things with that program. So. Yeah, those, those are three guys, and it's it's awesome to have like a connection across the pond, and uh, it's just a real um, it's it's a great thing to have that thing in common to be able to talk to someone from a different culture and a different background, and football's like that, that common thing that ties us all together. That's funny you mentioned Carson Newman. Um, I, I know a guy that used to coach there for a while. His name is um, Carl White. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a he was a running back coach over there. And um, I know we're, I'm going to ask you this question here a little bit later. Um, I think you said you were planning on maybe coming over and visiting um, here with next year. And um, some you might want to go see some guys maybe in New York and Florida area. And um, yeah, yeah. Carl, Carl White is down here in Florida now. He's a high, a high school head coach. And um, that might be a guy that you want to go see because um, he's got that split back beer um, uh, history being, uh, I think he played at Carson Newman and, and also uh, a coach there. So uh, that might be somebody. Well, that's like great, yeah, it's funny you said that. I'm planning on coming over to Florida in late August as well, actually, now. So um, I'll have to hit, hit Carl up and see if he can, uh, I can arrange the visit over there. That'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. He's right on the lake. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, well, uh, you kind of uh, already went over this a little bit, but uh, tell the listeners about the history of American football in, in England and kind of how long it's been played. Yeah, well, it's a distorted history, but um, it goes way back and way before I was uh, even on the planet. But I think um, if, from what I hear, because um, I'm not that old, uh, it essentially began in the late 80s. It was it was around before then, but it really kicked off in the late 80s, early 90s, because um, it was on Channel 4. Um, so a lot of my coaching mentors and the guys that coached me when I was a player, um, they kind of got into the sport in the early 90s. And I think Budweiser sponsored the league. It was semi-pro, and there was NFL Europe a bit later on. Um, so it's certainly big then, and it tailed off. And now with the international series um, coming over to Wembley three to four times a year uh, in the autumn and winter, it's certainly been getting bigger with the younger generation. So it's massive on social media now. Uh, I think uh, that kind of medium has definitely helped uh, grow the sport here. Kids are seeing it on Instagram, you know, Twitter. Facebook, you know, all that kind of stuff every day. And uh, when I go into high schools and 
primary schools now, you know, a lot of the kids know all the key players, uh, which would never have happened five to ten years ago. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's all it's all amateur here, so no one gets paid to play. There's a few leagues in Europe where you can get a bit of payment when it's a bit more developed, um, but it really is about the love of the sport. So whenever we get US-based players or coaches over here, what they really like is it's just back to the the real core of why people play football. You know, to, to have fun, to enjoy it, um, and to have that great time with uh, um, teammates. So yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a storied past. There's things that we can definitely improve what we do here, um, but it's a lot of fun to be involved. I tell you, that's refreshing to hear, Coach. I mean, I'm a high school football coach here, and uh, the generation that we're in is uh, the kids, all of them play to try to get to college. You know, they don't play the sport, you know, to uh, uh, as, a, as a part of high school anymore, as, as a part of the high school experience, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do something for your city or do, do something amongst your brothers. It's all about the me generation where, you know, they like to post on Twitter about the offers that they have, you know. And it's just, it, it kind of stinks, you know, back when I played high school, it's more pure like like what you guys are going through, you know, where, where guys just like to recreate and get together and, and you know, and, and, and play football for the right reasons, you know what I mean? So that's refreshing to hear that it's like that. And, uh, hey, uh, yeah, another thing, too, I thought about uh, is, is I was, was – uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, there was a couple of, a couple of great programs at the moment. Um, particularly the NFL Academy has just started. So uh, North London have got uh, based at a, what we call a six-form college. It's basically the upper end of a high school. Uh, and the NFL are basically trying to get 80 to 100 kids there uh, playing and studying full-time with the um, end goal of hopefully being able to play in the U.S. and then hopefully one or two will then progress into the NFL and, and be that, that great story of coming from London or the U.K. all the way up to the NFL. Um, there's a lot of kids there that aren't going to be able to make it the whole way, but um, as long as we can give them a positive destination and, and give them um, somewhere where they can go after that, if they aren't going to make it, you know, that's going to impact their life in a positive way, that'll definitely be a success. So that's exciting. It's all over Instagram and, and all, forms, all forms of social media, and um, I'm hoping to be, have some form of, of part of that in terms of giving those kids somewhere to go after. Um, but that's just a, a, a small part of how the sport's developing here, and the NFL are investing in. In, in the young generation, and it's, it is awesome to see. Yeah, I saw uh, the the YouTube link you sent me of uh, you guys' championship game. A uh, part of the, uh, I think I think I think it was during halftime or whatever. It showed how Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans came over, and he spent some time at uh, maybe a camp or something tutoring the quarterbacks and stuff. That's pretty cool. How the NFL players come over and and, and try to help out and and they they. Yeah, they I think that was in Leicester, um, and we've got the coaching conference. We've got uh, the British American Football Coaching Association, which is basically the British version of AFCA over here. We have our annual convention, and it's in July this year. It's not long away, and we have got some great links. Um, yeah, the uh, governing body there have got some great links with some NFL coaches and college coaches, and uh, it's the highlight of the year for us coaches um, to be able to talk football for three days over, over, over a long weekend and, and have some great coaches come over and talk to us. So. Um, if anyone over there wants to come over and talk and uh, and chat ball, you should definitely get in touch. Uh, that's awesome. Well, Coach, t- tell me a little bit about the um, uh, the school you coach for. Uh, you, you mentioned you know you got about thirty thousand students there. Uh, what are you looking for in, in players? Um, and uh, is is the university uh, would you consider it to be a high academic uh, university? Is it hard to get into? 
Yeah, so yeah, we're a pretty big university. We've got another one, another university not far away. So the, the city as a whole is very student focused, and it's it's really good in that way. Um, in terms of football, um, what we're looking for in players um, is a sense of selflessness, a sense of putting the team first, and all that kind of stuff. Um, being able to bring bring their life experiences to us. We have we had three guys from the US last year. We're hopefully getting a bunch more this year. Um, coming over and studying uh, over with us, and um, we have guys from all over the country, from different parts of Europe. Um, so it's awesome to have their experiences from 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 their life um, molded into, into one team unit. Um, we recruit a lot of guys that never played before ever, um, which is kind of alien to, to a lot of US coaches. Um, so we have to convert them from rugby rugby's union or rugby league and try and mould their tackling technique and their ball-carrying technique and their game sense to our sport. Sometimes it works brilliantly, sometimes it takes a bit more time. Um, some guys have never played contact sport before, you know, so it's a balance of trying to perform at a high level in games, but also we don't want to turn anyone away. So if anyone comes to us and wants to work hard, we'll have them, you know, we're not going to turn anyone away if they want to play the sport. That's where we're at right now. Um, that's kind of our ethos. Um, we're offering some, some small scholarships now, which is... Um, it's getting to that state and that sense with the top handful of teams in the UK, which I think is brilliant. It gives guys to get an education and give them the financial support. Um, we're hopefully getting a few over this year. Um, we had, a, we had two, three guys last year, two from Division One colleges who had finished their eligibility, so they weren't eligible to play again. Um, but figured that getting a postgraduate degree in the UK and having that life experience of studying abroad and still playing football for another year um, was really attractive to them. So hopefully we'll get some more guys that keeps do that this year. Um, in terms of academics, we're probably mid mid tier academics. Um, certainly not the top tier, um, which works well because not everyone's going to make that top 15, 20 percent of academics. So um, we're looking at probably 2.7 to 3.2 GPA. Um, we'll take anyone that's higher, but um, yeah, it's a uh, exciting time is this period of the year when we get a lot of guys interested in joining and you're trying to figure out who's going to be with us so yeah it's, it's, it's a lot of fun right now. I tell you you mentioned one of the students you got from a D1 college you had a wide receiver I noticed he's a monster number 12 there uh, from Minnesota he was a beast man I was like wow wow that's a huge dude right there man. Yeah, people were scratching their heads when I decided to continue with that flex point offense with a receiver like that. Um, <laughs> but of course, you know, if, if he ever got hurt or got injured, then the whole, you know, we can't rely on one player. So, but the impact he had in terms of the whole program and um, his work ethic in the, in the, in the gym and his, um, his way he could calm guys down because he'd experienced much bigger games than we were going to be involved in. So going to the final, a lot of guys were nervous and had the jitters, which is quite natural. He, he just came over and said, look, guys, who's nervous? Come on, we're here to have fun. It's just football. We're just playing on a field that we've played on before. Like, let's just chill and have fun. And him just having that small word with guys was had actually had an incredible impact and uh, probably, you know, helped calm a lot of guys down when they were, when they were very nervous. So, um, yeah, his, his impact in general, and so was Cam. Cam was from University of Illinois and, um, and, and PJ from Georgia State. Uh, all those guys brought something else and brought that little spark to us. Um, but we couldn't rely on them. You know, we only had three guys. It's, it's not that we could rely on those guys to do everything for us on the pitch. It's the ultimate team game, isn't it, as we all know. So, um, yeah, but it was it was awesome to have those guys involved. Yeah, absolutely. 
Coach, what level of play or competition does the league that you're in compare to over in the United States? Like, would you would would it be fair to ask you that? Like, you know, you got D1, D2, D3, NAIA club levels. Like, where do you where do you think that uh, the level of competition is um, with, with with where you guys are playing? Yeah, well, the way it works here, we've got, th we've got three tiers of football, and it's based around um, how good the team is, essentially. It's not based around college size or anything like that, how it is in the US. So we've got Division Two, Division One, and the Premiership, and it's like a pyramid, a bit like how soccer would be run over here. So it's a, it's, it's a European-style league, so you get promoted and relegated. If you win if you win your division in Division Two, you go up. If you win the championship in Division One, you'll be promoted. Um, and at the top, there's 83 teams. For the guys listening, just so they're aware, 83 colleges. They've got teams right now. Hopefully, a few more next year. Um, and there's 10 in the top tier. So in the Premiership, there's 10 of the best teams. There's five North, five South. Um, so you play in your division. You play each other twice with eight-game schedule. And then the top, uh, all all four teams go to the playoffs or the quarterfinals, quarterfinals, semi-final, final. Um, so I, I guess comparing the top teams, the top four or five teams to uh, the US uh, standard, it, it is difficult because there's a lot of players that, um, like Cam and Brian, would be high level. The guys who played against last year would easily be Division Two or above standard. And there's a bunch of guys that would be nowhere near that. But I think in the way we set up and the way we do things, and I genuinely believe the way we coach, we're so keen on our own development and our knowledge and um, we shouldn't underestimate that as coaches in the UK, how, how much we do know. Um, I think the, the way we operate is probably like a mid-Division 3 setup. Um, but it, I don't think it's really... I think if we went over and played in the US, it would be really interesting to see how we do. Um, but I think you could probably compare individual players more than the whole team, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say mid-D3. mid, mid D3. But again, even in the US, those conferences a different standard as you go around the states so it's even within the US it's hard to compare um, but yeah I guess it's hard but that's what I'll probably go for. No that's cool coach. All right let's get into uh, your team coach. Talk about Carnegie football triple option. Uh, what does it look like? Why do you use it? Why do you subscribe to the, the triple option? Why do you believe in it? And uh, I see you guys like to preach uh, the brotherhood like many other triple option team teams in the United States, like Navy and stuff like that. It's funny. I was teasing one of the coaches we were interviewing. He's like, uh, it's funny how all the triple option teams all have the brotherhood as their mantra or their, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, the, what they preach to their kids. But, uh, you know, that's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it is what we all uh, believe in. You know, it, it takes uh, selfless kids to, to play in that style of offense. Like, like you were just kind of talking about that big receiver, you know, uh, but talk talk a little bit about um, uh, Carnegie football and, and, and triple option. Why you believe in it? Yeah, um, it's it's a few reasons, I guess. Um, we're a bit like we're a bit like Navy in those service academies in, in a sense because we didn't really get, especially in the past, we're not going to have to choose who we get. We can't go out there and actively actively recruit a kid at a, 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 a UK high school and give him a scholarship and come play at, at Carnegie. Is we have, we, we have a fair in, um, in September, and um, traditionally, when, when I was a player, we'd go out there and try and recruit guys from all different sports, you know. So we can't, we have to kind of have something that's a leveler. Um, traditionally, we've never really got those huge, big linemen. We've maybe got a couple, maybe three big guys, but we play a three front on defense, so we need a big nose as well. So 
Um, and those guys playing both ways, it, it's tough for them. So traditionally, we've had a, a smaller but faster lineman. Um, we're quite a big sports college, so we tend to get a lot of athletes. There's a lot of ball carrier types, and uh, we normally put a few of those bigger guys at, at tackles, and hopefully we can get enough of the big guys to put at guards. Um, but yeah, we like the brotherhood. Um, we've, when I took over as head coach three, three seasons ago, I thought that was probably the best way to go with it. That's how I felt when I was a player. That was the core. And we could bring up, we could, I could have thought up of hundreds of different tags and little uh, mottos for the team, but it always came back to the brotherhood and that's worked really well for us. And um, we have guys now that have messaged me and they say, look, I'm keen to join the brotherhood. I can't wait. And for me, that's really satisfying because they're already buying into what we're doing and, and that translates to practices and translates to how we do things on the field. So, um, yeah, I think in terms of the offense, um, it works well for us. Um, we, there's no one else in the division that runs it, no one else in the premiership that runs it. Uh, a couple of other teams in the UK do run it. I know Loughborough, who were a, a very good program. Um, they've run it last year. They've got some very good coaches. Um, and a couple of other Division 2 teams, I think, are interested. We see a couple of teams now run a lot of wing T in, the, in Division 1, Division 2, which is good to see. Um, but in, in, on the whole, it is four wide, um, one back offences. Um, so we like to do something a little bit different and give teams something more to think about, you know. Um, that being said, they're getting, because we play teams twice as well, that's an added um, thing for us because they can adjust after game one, and, you know, but then we've got to readjust back. So it brings an extra dynamic to our division, whereas in the US you, you normally play one team once, you're not going to play them twice. We can play them three times, we might play them in the playoffs too, you know. Yeah. So that, that brings something else, and that, that makes us better as coaches because we have to readjust and then think how, well, how are they going to adjust to us? What can we do? How can we? It's a real chess match, and that's what I love about how the football uh, system is set up here in the UK at the moment for, for, for colleges. Um, but yeah, it adds something different. It's something a lot of coaches, if they're new to the team, a lot of players playing against us have not seen it before. So um, I think it's definitely the right offense for us. And we can do lots of things within that. Um, you know, we, like in, in the final, we ran uh, wishbone, uh, broken bone, flex bone, all, all sorts of stuff because we had the players to do that. Um, in previous years, we would have just stuck with six plays and that would have been it because I wouldn't have dared run anything else. But last year, it was kind of nice to be able to progress it on a bit more because the players could understand what we we're trying to do and they had quite a good football IQ. Now, speaking of that, I was going to ask you, um, I like how you guys utilize multiple formations in your triple option offense. I mean, it's it's really unique, you know, uh, what you're doing. Uh, one play, you're in the flex mode. Next play, you're in the wishbone. Then you got the split back element, you know what I mean, to your offense. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And I even seen you get in some unbalanced formations even there on the goal line. Um, what is your philosophy sort of behind using those multiple formations? It certainly is going to help you if you got to see those teams multiple times. You know what I mean? They they definitely can't well, just sit in. Well, if, if in the perfect world, I would have my 12, 14 plays and two formations, and that would be it because that's what I believe in, making sure you nail those plays and you're excellent at those plays. But um, when you're playing teams twice or three times, you've played the previous season twice or three times, it's – it, you know, they do adjust really well and you have to bring something a little bit different or, or, or window address what we do. And, um, you know, I wouldn't normally have done all that, but we had the place to do it. We had uh, guys that have been there two to three years. Um, in our previous final, because we won Division 1, so the Division below we won, 
two years ago, we ran, I think it was five plays. We ran, uh, ran split back with two tight ends, um, and then we split those tight ends out wide. That was the only two formations we ran. We ran QB follow and probably three of the plays plus two pass plays. We didn't pass the, we passed the ball twice and incomplete pass. We won 28-7 in that final. That's um, all right. That's awesome. I know. I know. <laughs> it's quite, I know. It was pretty satisfying, to be honest. But, yeah, but yeah. again, rather than getting the receivers to buy in, yeah, yeah. You know, that was a real challenge. And you got to give them some love every now and then. And um, Yeah, those guys were awesome. But that kind of, kind of developed over the past two seasons towards that final. And that final was a culmination of a lot of hard work in getting the guys that I knew were going to be here on undergraduate degrees and being here for three years to really understand the why behind what we're doing, not just you're doing this, but this is why we're doing this. And, and getting them to understand why we're running plays was really important for us and hopefully something we can keep on doing. Um, but yeah, be, being multiple worked for us that year. Will it work next year? Maybe we have to dumb it down. I don't know. It depends on who we get. Um, but you just adapt as coaches, don't you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm very fluid in, in how I do things. Our, our coaches are great. They're definitely understanding why we do, why I run the offense. And then, um, having our receivers coach buy into it and loving it and giving his ideas and the run game, et cetera. You know, we're a very kind of flat structure as a coaching staff. We don't like to have that full pyramid and I'm at the top and everyone else is below me, blah, blah, blah. Everyone can chat in a room and, and criticize and be constructive about that, which really helps. Uh, that's awesome. I, I got a buddy out there in Arizona, Don Watt, and uh, he, he calls his wide receivers wide tackles. <laughs> so <laughs> We get that too. Yeah. <laughs> we need to stay away from that with me and the run game coordinator have said, look, we're not going to do that anymore. Like, we, we want to pass the ball, and it's the thing we, we it's the thing we do. Right? We're going to do that. We're not going to take the mick out. We're not going to, you know, make fun of anyone when we pass the ball. Like, it's it's going to be a serious thing. I hope that's the case. I hope that's yeah. the case. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, our running backs always tease tease our receivers and say that that they're just blockers and that kind of stuff. So um, we've got to get away from that at some point. But I don't know if any option team ever will. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. I got to turn you on to some Eastern New Mexico, man. They like to throw it like like crazy. So you you'll love watching some of them. Okay, I got some, I got some video I can send you on that. Do you, do you guys use Huddle? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, can send you, I can I can send you some stuff, Coach. Uh, some 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 real good stuff. Old Kelly Lee out there in Eastern New Mexico, boy, he likes to throw it a little bit. So we get you set up. Um. Let's see. Uh, I think this is my last question down here at the very bottom. Uh, we we kind of talked a little bit about it at the beginning. You mentioned you're going to be over here. I think you said in August, right? And you're you're looking to kind of connect with some coaches over here in the in, in the U.S. Specifically, you said New York and Florida. Yeah. So I'll be uh, I'll be around the Florida area. I'm going to go to the Gators actually for for a couple of weeks, um, but hopefully be, be be able to get out and about to some high schools and some other. D3, D, D2 colleges and try and connect some coaches. So we'll be there from, um, I think it's August 24th to the 8th of September. Uh, so a couple of weeks out there. And then I'm working with some other coaches here, uh, some rugby coaches and, and, uh, and our, our version of football uh, soccer coaches um, to go over to the New York slash Philly kind of north, not kind of worked out, but somewhere around there, northeast region, um, to connect with coaches and, you know, get those guys to understand that these sports are, opportunities for their students to come out and play here so yeah that's that, that's kind of reason why okay Let's see what we can do i'm sure on that telegram uh we, we can get you set up you know i'll make you some connections um 
of some guys that'll let you come out and watch. Um, that'll be we'll be in full swing when you come out. Uh, we'll have high school football on Friday nights, uh, college football on Saturday, and uh, the pros are playing on Sunday. Man, that'll be in full swing, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get out to a, a Jacksonville Jaguars game. Uh, I think on the 9th or 8th of September. Um, I think they play Kansas at home, so I think that 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 well, the the Jaguars are a big over here now. They've got a an office in London, and um, they do a lot of schools work. Um, so Jaguars hopefully be able to hook, hook us up with some tickets. Um, but yeah, it should be great. And um, yeah, hopefully I can get, get to know some coaches. And um, you know, we're trying to. It's a lot cheaper to study out here if you're a student. You know, if you're from the US, you can get a lot cheaper tuition out here. And um, so for guys at high school that maybe aren't, aren't going to play at college, the chance to play some ball. We've had a few guys before and. Um, guys that are maybe at colleges and they've finished their eligibility, they can't play anymore. They can come over here and, and get a good de postgraduate degree, get a full life experience, studying abroad and all that, that entails, which is really fantastic for, for those guys' future um, and do it at a much cheaper price than they would in the US. So, you know, it would be awesome to have some of those guys come over again. Oh, that's awesome, man. It sounds like a great experience too. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll go ahead and wrap this up. I know we got a lot of stuff going on. I appreciate you coming on this morning with me, taking the time out of your day. No problem. I really appreciate it. It's always good to talk ball. All right, Coach. Take care, brother. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good. And leave you some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the MeshPoint. Again, at the MeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter, at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. It's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear. Like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.